Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're talking Hollywood blockbusters today. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithering. And I'm Clifton. All right, so uh, we are attacking this subject kind of broadly, but as part of it, we'll explore the history of blockbusters and what we think makes them successful, what they have in common with each other, and we'll also be predicting which new releases might become huge box office blockbusters in the future. So, with that said, this is our 80th episode, and uh, fortunately, the stars didn't align for us to do our Captain America 80th as our 80th episode, but we <laughs> wanted to do that for July 4th, so the stars didn't align, but so here we are, blockbusters for number 80. So, we should start, I guess, with actually the actual definition of what a blockbuster is. Who wants to take a stab at it? <laughs> well, unofficially, I just thought it was a tempo movie that came out during the summer, which everyone wanted to see at once, regardless of the. Um the theme of it, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, um, just it was just uh, something that you wanted to take your family to go see or everyone, I, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I never looked anything up on it, but the adage, the phrase blockbuster, I'd always either deduced or had heard, you know, came from just the idea of people standing around a block in line for a movie, which is ah. what used to happen in the, in the seventies. Interesting. <laughs> I did not hear that part. I, I had initially thought uh, uh, somewhere in my life, I had heard the fact that a blockbuster to be considered one had to be, you had to make a certain percentage, like over the budget okay. right in the box office, which I had thought that for the longest time, but I didn't find anything about that digging it up mm. um, today, but uh, I was surprised. So like it, some of the reports I was reading that the, the, the term, did go back to the 40s okay. in oh, some wow. instances, but it was used kind of differently. It was used as sort of like like an advertising adage, right? It was like, you know, like, like you know, actually uh, uh, using using the metaphor of the bomb itself, right? Okay. So it was, it was like, you know, the, the, this movie will tug on your heartstrings like, you know, like a blockbuster bomb, you know, stuff like that. Um, and that got dropped after world war two, but apparently in the fifties variety used the term blockbuster in an article that was describing like high budget, like high spectacle movies that Hollywood was making. Okay. And by that point, it was sort of like in the, in the vernacular, it was sort of an industry term at the time, but it kind of like disappeared. And then my finding was, is it kind of coalesces around jaws. Right. The use of jaws the term. Is, jaws is what I've always heard is like the big blockbuster, modern blockbuster as we know it film. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, I I've heard that as sort of like, that's the movie that starts the blockbuster era essentially. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's 75 and then star Wars comes along two years later and just, you know, blows that out of, you know, out of proportion out of the water, right. even more so. Right. Like, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> I should have said out of the water. Why didn't I say you should have? I was like, it's right there. <laughs> try this over again so it blows star wars comes out two years later and blows it out of the water there you go <laughs> as if shooting a tank that has explosive <laughs> gas <laughs> right yeah i was i was always in the impression that blockbuster meant it was something that you physically had to get up and go see in a theater i mean granted now it's a lot different where, where, where we are where some some movies get released at the same time streaming as well as in theaters but like to me it was always the idea that it had to be you. Ha- oh, you haven't seen that? You got to go see that. You have, right. you know, have to go now and go see yeah. it. 
Yeah. That was always a feeling I always got with those. And like, like Clifton was saying, the thing about standing in line also was a mindset. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that you were going to, you know, be outside of a, of a theater or outside of a, of a, um, of a box office waiting to get in to see right. something. Was always the idea that I had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the definition I was finding more and more as I was looking into it was, was essentially like, it's, it's a movie with immense popularity and box office success. Like that's okay. kind of it. It's like I guess, like really today, I guess that's that's more known as like event movies, yeah. right? Also, like which is a term I've heard kind of flying around from time to time. But yeah, so the seventies. So, um, what was your guys' experience with like Jaws and Star Wars? Did you guys see these in the theaters at the time? Was was there <laughs> something different about these? Um, personally, I didn't. Jaws, I didn't see. Yeah. Yeah, Jaws was a little before a time. I mean, the only thing I remember about Jaws at the time was like my mom tells a story about being pregnant and worrying <laughs> seeing Jaws and then regretting it because she had nightmares about Jaws <laughs> around the time that I was, you know, not quite here. So there was that. Star Wars, though, was probably the first one that I can remember being a, like being in a theater, theater to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. Like, I think I've told the story before in other episodes of being like seeing it with my family and then, you know, the next night or the night after, you know, a bunch of people, a bunch of friends, parents were like, Hey, we're taking a, a wood, you know, a wood panel station wagon to the drive-in to see Star Wars, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, and, and gathering up all the kids in the neighborhood <laughs> that wanted to go. Yeah. Yep. Everyone just jumps in the back. Right. Yeah, yep. of course. No seatbelts. It was a different time. And we all went to see Star Wars in a drive-in. That's like, I remember seeing, cause I know I saw Star Wars like a couple times within a couple days. So I knew it was like one of those things where that was like a moment I can, you know, deneliate that there was things that before star Wars and things after star Wars. And there was always some kind of mindset about going to see a big movie after star Wars. Right. Okay. Hmm. Tommy Clifton, what about you guys? I, I think I brought up the fact of how many times I've almost didn't see empire strikes back. Yes. As far <laughs> okay. as, but that wasn't the first, the first was the one after that, which was Raiders of the lost Ark. Ah. Yeah, I clearly remember, and and I knew nothing about the movie at the time. All I know, my grandma said the Bible was in it. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. a good Sunday school movie, right. yeah. And and I was like, what? That's okay. And then we see it. I was I was looking for the Bible the whole movie. I didn't see, it, but, <laughs> but there's the Bible stuff in it. Yeah, there's Bible, yes, yes. There's Bible <laughs> so stuff. You didn't you didn't see Star Wars in the theater? The first, the the original? Oh, not even remotely. No, I barely even get. I almost didn't get to see Empire Strikes Back in movie theater. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've told you that story, though, right? <laughs> I Which don't is... know. Tell, why don't you tell it? Okay, all right. Go ahead. I remember this. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, basically, my mother worked at the movie theaters, ironically yeah. so. And at the time, um, right after my father picked us up from um, school, he'd take us to pick up my mother. Mm-hmm. Well, every time he picked us up, I was able to sneak in and see the beginning, not almost the beginning of Empire. And like clockwork, he'd take us out. So I only saw, every time I came in the movie theater, all I saw was Luke beaten and battered for whatever reason. I don't know why. And he's taken <laughs> upside down. And then he kills the beast and runs off. And that's all I saw. The Wampa. Oh, yes. The Wampa. Okay. I thought you meant hanging upside down from the antenna at Cloud City. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> hanging upside down in ice right. in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. But the crazy part is I've seen that scene like 12 times. <laughs> without fail didn't know how he got there didn't know what the movie was going after that and i never saw it until it came to video wow 
Yeah, torture. Hmm. <laughs> I remember with Empire, for me, it was I had gotten the packs of trading cards. And it was, the, if I remember correctly, it was, you know, the trading cards were like the characters, you know, each character had a card and there was, a, you know, a bio or whatever on the back. And then they had like the ships, like the Star Destroyer and the TIE Fighters and all that stuff. And I had a bunch of those and I couldn't wait to go and I couldn't wait to go. And I remember, well, you know, same thing. A friend of mine was going, his mom was like, we're going to go see Empire Strikes Back, like the afternoon that it opened. And I remember we saw it and then my dad, you know, good heartedly giving me a hard time about the fact that I went without him mm-hmm. <laughs> and saw it before him. Like, I remember that. But I know with, with Raiders, I've told this story, I think, a couple, again, a couple times in other episodes was Raiders was my dad was out of town. Like on business, like doing work out of, out of, out of, out of yeah, I think it was out of, not out of the state, which is in state, but out, out of town. And it was, he had saw Raiders the night before, like with a bunch of guys that he was there in from his office. And the same thing where he came home and was like, hey, <laughs> there's this movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. We have to go see this movie again. Mm. And I remember <laughs> we went and it was, you know, melting Nazis and, you know, a little bit right. of Bible stuff and Indiana Jones. And it was awesome. So, you know, but that was one of those things where I remember, I mean, my dad's not hugely into pop culture stuff, but it was I definitely remember it as a time where he was definitely like, No, no, we're not you know, let's go. We're doing this now. Okay. So let's go. This is awesome. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Love I it. love that story. Again. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, it, it's a great that's almost a Boy Meets World episode. You know that. <laughs> almost. Yeah. Um What about you, Clifton? With Star Wars. I I, I want to stick out Star Wars just for just for a bit. Right. With Star Wars again, like a little before my time back okay. then back in the olden days back before you know this is back before vhs before even beta like they existed but they weren't common i think mm-hmm. they existed in the late 70s but certainly weren't common my house didn't have one until the mid 80s but like movies would get second run second and third runs like movies mm-hmm. would just keep coming back to movie theaters because there was no home video right there was no home video market until the very early days uh, around Star Wars was when you got the early days of the home video markets in the early 80s. So, like, when I was a kid, I probably saw Star Wars at a, you know, later, later run of its times through the theater. I don't really remember seeing it in the theater. Empire Strikes Back, I have vague memories of seeing on again, mm-hmm. probably a second or third run through the theaters. Uh, but it was Return of the Jedi is the one I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do remember that because... Again, back in the olden days, you couldn't get your tickets in advance, really. Like, right. <laughs> nobody was selling tickets to movies before they came out. You could, at best, go the day that a movie opened and buy a ticket for later that day. Mm-hmm. And that's what my dad did for Revenge of the <laughs> Revenge, for Return <laughs> of the Jedi. And went down at lunchtime and bought tickets for, like, the afternoon show, like, when they started showing it. And then came and got my sister and I from school. And took us from school straight to the movie theater to see Return of the Jedi. So that's my first memory of it. And I do remember standing in like the line of people all waiting to go into the theater. And, right. and I do have memories of all that because it's probably the first time that ever happened in any of my movie going experiences. Yeah, my, my Star Wars story is not really all that great. Um, you know, I was a little I was a little young. So so, you know, I didn't coincide with with this movie being released. Um so my Star Wars story is we had like a VHS tape of it that was like recorded. So like, I don't know if my parents bought like a bootleg or if they recorded it off a TV or something. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is here, but I saw it very, very young and like Darth Vader scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. And like, I would <laughs> run away from the screen 
and like go to the other room and stuff. And then I didn't watch Star Wars ever uh, until I was like 11. <laughs> <laughs> when like when like the THX uh, remastered VHS tapes came out. And that's when I got into Star Wars. So really, like, I don't have a blockbuster uh, line around the block story until interestingly Phantom Menace. Like okay. that, that that's kind of like the first time I ever had to stand in line that like, you know, literally I'm watching it go around the block for right. for people um to get in, which is kind of an interesting thing. But I mean Star Wars for from my understanding, like it ran for a year straight, practically, which which I like was unheard of at the time, right? Like no movie ran for that long in the theater, right. like continuously, right? Mm-hmm. Um and it was also like the moment where, like, like we said, like Jaws was a big deal, but Star Wars comes out and it, and like this becomes the moment where like studios start chasing the success of films to be blockbusters more and more. So they start like green lighting, bigger budget, epic films in the hopes to sort of capture the, the, the start, the Star Wars magic. Right. Mm-hmm. And then this is when we get like a lot of our favorites. A lot, lot of like everybody's favorites in like the 80s stuff, right? Like Alien is, is green lit and the Back to the Future movies and, you know, uh, Ghostbusters and, <laughs> you know, all that awesome stuff in the 80s starts coming out like with with the mindset of like, let's try and make a movie that's going to have a big seismic impact on the pop culture, on, on society, right? Like an event thing where everybody's got to go see it. Right. Right. And there's a lot of those in the 80s. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, like you guys were saying, Raiders of the Lost Ark and everything, you guys had a lot of stories with that, like seeing it yourself. Yeah, I thought. Well, I mean, I, I still have one more for for Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just real quick, it was it was again. I remember the time of like we got tickets early, we went and got lunch, and came back to get in line. And by the time we got back in line, in the afternoon show was like three in the afternoon on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and it was you know jam packed people outside of this theater, and it was a huge theater. That had a, you know people could line up and I'd never seen it like this before. We I've been going to this theater since I was a kid, like really really young. And I remember being there with my family and someone tried to cut in front of us. And it's one of the few times my you know my father's not a you know a very confrontational or angry person, but it's one of the few times I've ever seen my father just let someone know immediately in the moment what he thought mm-hmm. about trying to cut in front of us for this movie. <laughs> and I, you know, I think back and I think, well, is it the Star Wars Avenue or is it just the idea of because I mean you know that, along with the idea that you couldn't necessarily pre-buy tickets months in advance the other thing that i don't know if everyone realizes is you know it was kind of a free-for-all to get seats right oh yeah like i feel like i feel like there's a big (laughs) difference now where i'm like i'm gonna buy my seats in this row in this spot and i don't have to worry about whether or not i'm able to see the theater you know know, i think the last time i saw a movie in the theater where i had really bad seats was it was a while ago i can't remember sure what it was Mm mm-hmm but I think that's something to keep in mind when we're talking about blockbusters, the idea that, you know, in the old days, it was a lot different because, you know, unless you wanted to watch, you know, we've talked about that before. We've had those experiences of watching from the first or second row mm-hmm. and how awful that experience is for a movie. Yep. You know, so. Or you go in a big group and you can't sit together because you can't find that many seats. Yeah, there's that, yeah, as, yeah, there's yeah. that as well. Yeah. I don't miss that at all. I don't miss the saving seats. I don't miss the like, yeah, the, the free for all. You're right. The mad dash. Like, yeah, the, the assigned seats that you're buying is is the most wonderful addition to the theater <laughs> experience I can I recall. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I mean, I know we're, I remember just this. Are we doing these out of order? Does it matter? Like, we don't have to do them chronologically, right? No, you can jump around here. I remember when we went to see Dark Knight. Mm. 
speaking of not being able to get a seat together, it was, I remember we got tickets, a group of us went and we got tickets and it was one of those things where it was a mad dash to get to the theater, right? There was like five or six different theaters that were staggered time-wise on when you could get in and they sent us to this one theater and it was packed. And I'm like, oh, there's no way in the world we're going to (laughs) get to be able to sit anywhere near each other. And then it became a thing of like, well, F it. I'm just going to go into a theater that has Dark Knight on the front and see what it's like in there. <laughs> right. And that's, I, I, and sure enough, there was like eight people in that theater that they let in there at that point. So I tried to call people. And I remember just having that panic of, we don't have seats together, but I try to call people for whatever reason. The cell reception is terrible. And I had to tell someone, I'm in a theater that we're not supposed to be in so we could all sit together. Yeah. And that wasn't that. too long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was that. I, I remember also some guy getting getting kind of pushy <laughs> with you. Right. Where he's like, you can't save that many seats. You're like, yes, I can. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> sure, I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing it. Watch me. <laughs> yes. Dark Knight was the first time I can recall also that, like, you know, you're in a packed theater waiting for this thing to start. Right. And, and like, you would have like theater workers like come to the front and be like, you know what? Like we opened more screens for this. Like would actually like come down to the floor and make an announcement. Yeah. They're like, we oh. now have more screens. If you guys want to split up, like I was like yeah. I, that I've never heard. We're like, mm-hmm. oh. somebody comes in and just tells you. <laughs> oh no. Well to me, uh, I had two. One was for T2. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it, uh, the, the madness of that was insane. And, um, and st- another Star Wars was Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. in which, uh, being that we had no um, Star Wars movies for like over a decade, when that popped up on the horizon and people went to go see that, that was the return of the um, waiting in line for um, tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But not yeah. T2 especially, uh, with the adding more th- uh, uh, screens in order to see it for because it just got bigger and bigger. Right. Yeah, I was I was working in a movie theater at the time for T two, mm-hmm. so it was one of those things where they had a lot of times when there was big, really big blockbuster movies, you would have the th- we we would I wouldn't, but I would be able to go to them. The projectionist who was ever working would would have to put those prints together, so they would print the print together for the night, and then as the projectionist, you're supposed to stay after and watch to make sure the print's okay, or, or that it's prints in order, or there's not a problem, blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. So when they had Big, big movies like T2. I remember seeing T2 the night before, Thursday, like on a Thursday night at like 12, you know, like a midnight show that wasn't allowed. Like the public wasn't allowed. You could bring your friend with you if you worked there. So I was able to see like T2 I saw early. I saw Batman, the the 89 Batman. I saw it that way too, Mm -hmm. where I went to a midnight show at the movie theater that I worked at and got to see it early. Right. Because just because the projectionist is like is trying is making sure the print works. Right, right. I mean, there were, okay. I mean, one, you know, one of my best friends was a projectionist anyway, so it was one of those things where, you know, there were plenty of like making a Seven Eleven run and coming back and watching two movies till about four in the morning just to make sure that the quote unquote the print was okay. Right. Um. But but this one, like when they were bigger movies and they knew full well like the staff wasn't going to be able to see them because you'd have to work up like a weekend. I mean, I think I, I think I've told that story where I worked. I worked the summer of '89, so it was like Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Lethal Weapon Two and. <laughs> Right. What else was that year? Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Last Crusade was that year. So there was a lot of stuff that we got, I got to see early because, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have seen it till the Monday right. or Tuesday that I was off. But those were, you know, working the box office those weekends where, you know, you were doing a lot of business that way. 
So, I mean, the thing that a lot of these movies all have in common at this point is like blockbusters tended to always be released summer. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you typically got June, July, right? Were, were when your big ones. Clifton, you right. were saying that Star Wars like always came out in May, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star Wars was always mid-May releases. It was always a mid-May release for all of them. The originals, prequels. For the originals yeah, and, and the prequels up until uh, Force Awakens. Right. That's when they, they went winter on Force Awakens. Right. Um, Jaws was a June release. So mm-hmm. Jaws was like a, like a right after school ended release, which is what like for a long time I thought of is like the big summer tentpole movie was what they wanted to hit right after most of the kids got out of school. So you're looking around June 20th to cover most of the school, you know, how the different schools work in the different regions. And and Jaws is squarely that. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that, that was my mindset for a long time when I started becoming like a movie fan and started like living at the theater in the summer. Like I I always look forward to like to, to June and July because that's when, it was like every weekend was, you know, something cool was coming out right. that mm-hmm. I was interested in. And then stuff kind of like trickled off a little bit in August. Like there were some big, there were some okay size releases in August, but there was mm-hmm. not really like, like the, the huge movies kind of like came and went by that point when you got right. to August. Yeah. But then I recalled like 97 was when I think deep impact came out. I think it was 97. Okay. Uh, and, and that was, Cause at that time I started like not only watching movies a lot, but kind of like following like how movies were doing and going to like websites like box office guru and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. kind of checking like, like how movies were performing. And that was the first time that I recalled hearing people say that there's kind of like something happening with may here where there's a, there's, you know, these movies that are coming out around Memorial day are typically doing better and better and better. Mm-hmm. right and then that's the first time i noticed that like that the summer movie season the blockbuster season got kind of like pushed it wasn't just june or july it was also like tail end of may yeah <laughs> yeah i've got I, I did notice some some trends about that and i do just remember some trends about that happening but the other thing notable in 97 was titanic oh, which yeah. was a december release and was the highest grossing movie of that year. Still one of the highest grossing movies of all time. And, and that was an unexpected blockbuster to right. a degree. I'm like, they wanted it to do well, but it was placed in December to be Oscar bait. Really? Right. Yeah. It, it was an Oscar bait movie. And right. that just happened to do the numbers of star Wars. <laughs> and I, and I think that was a bit unexpected, but then it did open up people's eyes to be like, Oh, like, like December can get us some money too mm-hmm. in the right yeah. situation. They weren't able to replicate it until later, but then they have since. Right. But yeah, so 97 uh, opened up December. Like you said, in May is getting a little earlier. Yeah. And then the, like when I remember May becoming blockbuster season is Spider-Man, Spider-Man one mm-hmm. in 2002 mm-hmm. with an opening of the first weekend in May. And that's when I remember, like, now your your first week of May is blockbuster season's official beginning and has been ever since. Right. Uh, or at least the the summer movie season has been ever since. Yeah. And I remember, like, like you know, Iron Man was a May release. Yeah. You know, and yeah. yeah I mean, Spider-Man, so, so. like, I think X-Men 2, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2, X-Men 3, or Spider-Man 3, I mean, like, you started getting a coinciding of 
whatever the biggest superhero movie of of the year was going to be was trying to open the first weekend of May, which coincidentally also happened to become uh, Free Comic Book Day. Yeah. So there was like some comic book synergy going on because I think the first free comic book day was uh, that first Saturday in May of 2002 when the first Spider-Man movie opened. And so that's like another thing that that people jumped onto there and has been going since. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how how it's it's, you know, and now today it's sort of like they can happen anywhere. I feel like, right? Like, I mean, you, you get you get like these movies that kind of come out, like we were saying, like Titanic in '97. It opens right. up, opens up like certain, like, oh, a movie can do well because I feel like that studios and every like were kind of superstitious about like certain release uh, dates, but just based off of like past history, just like you know, no, nothing. It was sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy where like nothing big was coming out like in February, right? So nothing wanted to get a February release, yeah. You know, it's because because people weren't going. Yeah. February, like January, February is like the dead movies, like the movies they didn't think anyone would go to see. They'd put out in January and February. <laughs> right. Is, is the real. Is yeah. the, is and, the truth and really even March, too, for a while. And then I yeah. remember I remember like 300 being a big hit in March and, and mm. that being kind of like, oh. OK. And so it's so there's I mean. There's evidence where if, if you just like people will go to a good movie when. Right. anywhere in the calendar year and then like and you know the, the 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 big exception to the rule for february is black panther right like, like yeah <laughs> I, I was gonna say so like titanic like i mentioned before is it was i think an accidental hit mm. nobody expected it to be that big as a december mm. release in 97 but then avatar was released at the same time as titanic had been it was a december release in 2009 and they were banking on it doing those numbers. Right. They did plan for it to be a blockbuster. And then uh, like the ones you're talking about, like when they broke up in other seasons, yeah, like like Black Panther shattered February records and now you can basically get a hit any month. Right. If you can do February, which used to be like the cinematic graveyard for yeah. sure. <laughs> and yeah. now you've got like a, a massive uh, like record-breaking movie coming out of that month. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now, and, and I feel like that they're becoming less superstitious about that. I mean, like you could find like, like, you know, exceptions here and there, like our engineer mm. just posted, uh, just sent us some notes that were like Deadpool was, was a February release also, which, right. you know, that, that was also, I think on some level, a bit of a surprise in people like how well it did. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even though I think comic fans knew if you right. had Ryan Reynolds play that character, fun things were going to happen. Right. But I think, I think that movie surprised people. And then, and the other one was passion of the Christ that was released in February, which, I, which I think to this day is still like the highest grossing, like R rated movie. Well, Deadpool beat it. Deadpool did beat it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Deadpool beat the Jesus movie. Interesting. They're both February releases, but yeah. yeah. Hmm. And I don't know if anything's beaten Deadpool yet, but I do know Deadpool beat passion of the Christ. Okay. Similar themes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I often confuse the two. Yeah. Well, they both come back. Well, right. They die and come back. It's <laughs> right. the same story. That's what right. I said. But I, I think, you know, when I think about blockbusters, I think of, you know, the, I think we're kind of remiss that we're not talking about. Um, like for me, I remember for a while there, it was every July. Uh, Will Smith owned July. <laughs> sure. Right. I mean, when we think about what, like Independence Day, right? Mm. And what else was there? There was Wild, Wild West. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. But you mean to say it's it Men in Black. 
Men in Black. 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 Yeah. That's the other one I was thinking of. But I mean, for a while there, he was, you know, they were selling any, any big blockbuster movie had Will in it, you know, mm-hmm. and a song. <laughs> it was right. synergy there. There was a song of some sort that was to come along with it. And he would own, you know, not necessarily own the summer. Sometimes he did. But, yeah. you know, I think back, because I think back to like something like, like when E.T. was a blockbuster. Yeah. And the idea that, I mean, granted, there was no, you know, there was no internet, there was no streaming, there wasn't, you know, cable was a thing, obviously, but, you know, I just think about blockbusters to me, at, at one point in my life, I remember blockbusters were pretty much around for the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And you could go in basically any time in the three month span of June, July, or August and know that this movie was going to be in the movie theater if you wanted to go watch it. And obviously we don't have that anymore because, you know, that's not the model that's set up anymore. But. Right. Now, I feel like Tom Cruise owned that spot as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I would say that too. So quick, quick note from our engineer. Apparently Joker is the highest grossing R-rated movie now. Huh. Apparently. So Joker so, yes. be Deadpool who be Apparently Jesus. Joker. Yeah, apparently it was, <laughs> it was, the record was broken not all that long ago. But huh. um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you with Will Smith owning july 4th for a little while um mm-hmm. you know i mean and that was i mean like his his star was never brighter no then then that point then like you know 96 independence day 97 men in black um and for me independence day was kind of like an important like movie going event for me in my development because that was like there was just something about like that visual, the trailer of like not even not even like the flying saucer, like casting the shadow over the city, which which you guys later told me like, oh, that's taken from V. Yeah, they stole <laughs> the, the miniseries. <laughs> it's borrowed a little bit. But like that shot, the shot of, <laughs> of, of like the Empire State Building blowing up and the shot of the White House blowing up. Oh, yeah. Like I, I remember like, you know, however old I was, 11, 12, like just being like, holy crap. Like, what is this? I got to check this out. Sure. And then. And then, like, th- there was a moment when I saw that trailer, and I'm like, "Is that is that Fresh Prince in there?" <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and that was that was kind of like it. Like, I feel like that movie would have done well no matter who was in it, mm. right? But it was, but that was an interesting added like icing on the cake for that. The fact that like the guy from Fresh Prince, which is a super popular show at the time, that like at least right. in my age bracket, like we all loved it in school. Like we always talked about it on Tuesday mornings when we watched it the night before. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what is he going to do? Like, he's in this alien movie now. <laughs> like, sure. What's that going to be like? So, yeah. So Independence Day was, was you know, super fun for us. And, and I still look at that movie uh, fondly with nostalgia. But there's two things in there that, that I think has also sort of changed over the years. And, and one is that Independence Day was a movie that, like, we didn't know was being made. Yeah. Right. Like, like we went to the theater to see something else. We saw a trailer for Independence Day. And we're like, oh, this thing exists and will be coming out soon. And you went, holy crap, I got to go see this. This looks awesome. Right. Right. That is not really a thing so much anymore. Like, you're very seldom, I think, surprised by by a movie trailer in the theater. Like, typically now, like we know. We know movies that are coming out three, even four years in advance now. Right. You know, yeah, for Independence Day, my my memories of it's a little different in my experience is I do remember them running a Super Bowl ad. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the year and when Super Bowl, I think might have still been in end of January at that point in time. I can't remember if it had moved to February yet. 
But it was in the the Super Bowl that they ran the first Independence Day trailer that showed the alien ship that showed something blowing up. So that was like six months before the movie came out. And I just remember being blown away by that. I remember everybody who I knew who watched the Super Bowl reacting to that trailer six months out. Right. And being like, when's that coming out? Like, I can't wait to see that. And then being surprised that like, oh, yeah, that's not coming out until the summer. Like, we have to wait six months for this thing now. Mm -hmm. So that was that was a kind of new experience, too. There was also a weird thing because like the posters had like ID four. And I remember, you know, for us at school, like there was a weird like like what's the movie called? Mm. Like just for us, because we were 11 and stupid. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it was like one of those things. It was like an odd thing for for a movie to not have the name of the movie on the poster for a little while. And, And I just think it was kind of an interesting thing that a movie overcame like what's it called right <laughs> you know back in 96 but the other thing that it, that's kind of stands out about independence day is that for a while i think that that movie was kind of regarded as like the best special effects you had ever seen <laughs> right it was like like certainly like that was the best like most realistic looking effects you had seen in right. a movie at that point well, Jurassic Park was three years before. Yeah, and, and right, exactly. Jurassic Park, I think, was that before mm-hmm. Independence Day. But like, there there was a reputation that these movies were starting to have, where like the effects were like were getting more and more like whoa, like like blowing your mind and developing. Yeah. I think like what what you could do in the art form. Yeah, I have to agree with you with that one because that's that's definitely what came when the Matrix hit, mm. especially for that type of. Every time we get a summer blockbuster. It's always a push towards um, how technologically how how the special effects advances to the next level, mm-hmm. like with um, T two, right? Seeing the effects on how they do that and with the budget, it's always pushed to a higher budget is what we'd expect from um, the blockbusters. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring up T two when when Tommy was talking about that earlier. That was I remember that one being the one where people were like I don't think we're we're, we're never going to see anything more <laughs> than we saw in T two. T two blew people's minds. But yeah, and then until the next thing came along. I mean, I guess the other thing I think we got to talk about is like we kind of have to talk about the Avatar in the room. Does anyone want to talk about Avatar? Sure. Because I mean, that was a huge movie. I've I've admittedly have never seen it, mm-hmm. but I know lots of people did see it so much so that it you know, it made you know as much money as it did. Right. It's now again the highest grossing movie of right. all time. Yeah. It, it eked back. back in front of Endgame. Right. I think what was interesting. Uh, about that and and Tommy and I remember Tommy and I discussing it over the phone a long time ago where where Tommy you were saying like I just don't get like why James Cameron gets like all these gets to do like whatever he wants I agree and and yeah. and, 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 and my and my rebuttal to that was I was like Tommy like he directed the highest grossing movie of all time like by a mile yeah and that record was never broken until he made another movie <laughs> right which I just think is an interesting statistic. But I mean, that movie, say what you will about the story, I think it checks all those blockbuster boxes of, of right. you know, like, it's a big, huge budget spectacle thing. There was a lot of buzz about that movie at the time mm-hmm. that, um, that, you know, it was awesome. And it was, you know, not ironically, I heard the greatest movie ever made <laughs> multiple times right. out of people's mouth. People you knew? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. a lot of people I knew. People you still talk to. <laughs> you know, it pushed it, it, it pushed what, what was possible. Like, you know, it had all these, you know, 
interesting new effects and ways to 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 tell the story. It was kind of a resurgence in 3D also. Was that the first I'm trying to think, was that like some of the first motion capture stuff or was that before that? I mean, there's been motion capture certainly in like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Like it it had existed. Yeah, that but... was from 10 years earlier. So yeah, yeah okay. Lord of the Rings was where some okay. of the motion capture performances were really like boundary pushing. Yeah. But then they definitely did extensively in in Avatar as well. Okay. Yeah. So much so that your leads were essentially Right. CG motion capture leads the whole time, not just one, but, but multiple. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is with that movie. Uh, <laughs> Although the, the news that just broke this weekend is that, that Matt Damon admitted he turned it down. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yes. He just, he just recently, this past week came out saying that his, uh, one of his greatest career regrets was turning it down. <laughs> and I believe I read 10% of profits. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, too. yeah. He turned down 10% of the uh, uh, the movie's gross, gross profits. Yeah, yeah oh. which is insane. <laughs> yeah, he'd have been sitting on 100 mil easy. Wow. That's nuts. Well, that, well, that still takes me back to the idea of like with Batman 89, the fact that Jack had the presence of mind, Jack Nicholson, to say, oh, no, no, give me give me a percentage of what it makes. Right. <laughs> and he was he made a ridiculous amount of money on that. Yeah, yeah. And, and most notably, uh, George Lucas is the greatest success story of that, mm-hmm. where I believe the deal was like he just had them give him merchandising rights. Oh, yeah, because nobody <laughs> nobody merchandised movies right. before that. Nobody, not like that. Nobody believed yeah. in it like that. Nobody <laughs> nobody saw any any gold there, but he did, and yeah. said, "Just give me that." And they were like, "Yeah, sure, whatever, man." <laughs> like, <laughs> probably laughing behind his back. Right. At the time, and little little did they know. What a, what a dope. Yeah. You want to make toys of this? Yeah, yeah. sure, whatever. Right. <laughs> no, no one's going to buy that. No. <laughs> oh, how wrong were they? Yeah. Yeah, so so it's changed a little uh, you know, over over the decades and stuff. And now, you know, with the with the pandemic and everything like that, you know, th- this is sort of I think made everything sort of take le- major steps forward just to work around this where you're getting like HBO max has got movies that are dropping simultaneously with in theater and, and on the streaming service. Right. Mm-hmm. And as now every, part of membership, right. As part of membership and, and everybody's kind of, kind of playing around with this a little right. bit. Disney plus has their premium. So you can buy those movies when they come out in theaters yeah. for an extra fee on the service. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, like, I mean, m- movies are not going to not do any uh, the same business, I think. I think, you know, there will still be blockbusters. I just think there's going to be a difference in, in there's going to be split in the way that people watch it. Right. You know, I mean, we'll see also if that same day stuff sticks around once things start to get back to normal. I think some of it's going to be around for good. I think so, too. Yeah, I think some of it, I think the the nature of viewing is just changing. Mm-hmm everybody's i mean some theaters are terrible and some home theaters are great yeah <laughs> right so. yeah right i just found it funny that uh what's his name when he produced when he directed tenet christopher nolan mm-hmm. he was uh, because he felt his movie should have been a summer blockbuster right that he was part of the whole crew or the group of people who feel that you shouldn't stream it from home you should be forced to watch <laughs> right. the movie theater. Right. yeah 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 he was he was very like like bullish Mm-hmm. on it right he mm-hmm. was he was very like like 
you know, cinema is awesome and it needs to, like, we're making it to be seen on a 70 foot screen. Right. Go see it that way. And then I've heard yeah. like other, other directors that are like, I remember James Gunn being like, like, no, like I get, I get what he's saying. Like I'm making it to be seen on a giant screen too. But at the same right. time, I know that viewing habits are shifting. Right. And like you can't I, dictate what the audience does. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I just think the convenience of it too. It's just to be able to 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 do it from home f- from the push of a button. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it's it's along the lines of like it's like someone being in the 30s saying, "Oh no, it's meant to be read. You should read the dialogue lines. <laughs> right. Why would I want to hear the actor's voice? Sound is gonna kill the pictures. Yeah, we the talkies are just gonna be the worst thing ever. Why would you ever want to hear the say the lines and actually in real time? Right. It's supposed to be met with dramatic music with a guy playing the organ in the corner. <laughs> Like, give me a break. I, I, I you know, I, the Hocus for Nolan thing always struck me as there must be some deal that you're losing out on. And I get it. If you sign mm-hmm. a deal that you, you're supposed to get, you know, a bonus for whatever for, for box office week, the weekend or whatever, I'd be annoyed too. But the main thing is that, you know, things change. I mean, it's, right. it's, the, 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 the nature of how we take media in and stuff is always evolving. Yeah. And, and the idea that you're going to be the, the lone voice in the wind that's going to be like, no, it's got to stay the way. No, it's not going to stay the way it's always been. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason to believe that it would. I think that there are ways to address his concerns too, because I know that he, he's, he's, he's very much, he was very into, into the technical aspects of it, where like, like you know, at least the theaters is kind of a controlled setting where you're going to see it the way he's intending it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like people have their TV settings off or differently in every home, mm-hmm. so you maybe get in that weird strobe effect. Right. Well, and I just think it's a way of like controlling that, like so nobody's going around being like, oh, the effects are terrible. The movie looks. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like, I feel like that there's ways that we can address this and sort of yeah. make, make but sure by that. that to- but then by that token, why would you buy a Blu-ray or a DVD or whatever, a 4K or whatever? Because your TV settings are still going to be the same way. So I should just forego buying any of that stuff after the fact. I shouldn't buy. I shouldn't subscribe to cable or to, to internet <laughs> streaming service because right. it may look I'm like that's what that's what you're telling me is the only way to see it pure in its pure form that it, that Nolan intended is to go to the theater. And I don't believe that. I think that's a bunch of crap. Right. It's just the idea is, no, you, there has to be, to me, it, it doesn't strike me as anything other than you you have a, you, you, there's gotta be something there that you're losing out on because that's why you're upset. Because otherwise you don't have any complaints. About, again, there's no complaining about, well, the blue may not look right because your the, the contrast on your TV name may not be right. Right. So I, I don't, I don't buy that. I think it's something to do with, yeah, there's something he's losing out on because of it not being shown together. <laughs> right. and that's, especially yeah. the time of a pandemic, get over yourself. Right. right. We should point out that's your theory. Oh yeah. Right. Also, right. <laughs> we, have, we haven't read that anywhere. That's that, not right. That's, no, that's, but, that's yeah. me. That's me. That's Frank Melman. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. totally, I'm totally, that's my, that's attributed to me. I'm perfectly okay with the Roman. I tell him to his face. Right. That's your take and you're sticking to yep, it. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there are always like these film purists and in some, like it was the film versus digital debate in, mm-hmm. in people that were saying, I'm only ever going to shoot on film. Like the directors that right. are like, I'm only ever shooting on film. Cause that's how they did it in the thirties or whatever, right. the 1930s. Cause mm-hmm. we're coming up on the, it was a long time ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> and these people still want to hold on to that, to that, that era. And, and it is, it is kind of like that. I do see. And cause I was always one, I'm like, if it looks good on digital, like digital's a lot easier to shoot on. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> than film. And so I was like, man, as long as it looks good in the end, like who cares? And most people, most people viewing wouldn't be able to tell the difference between what's shot on good digital 
Right. And what's shot on film, like what's shot on digital in the hands of a good filmmaker looks great. Right. And, and also just in cinemas just become so digital anyway. And so much of like any, even stuff shot on film is, is scanned into a computer, edited on a computer with visual effects made on a computer. Yeah. It's such a, a hybrid thing now. So I see it as kind of like that. Like you do get this old guard that just wants to hold on to an old time because that's how they saw it. That's how it was when they were envisioning it. And that's what they want. But yeah, like times change yeah. and things change. And then pandemics force change upon people that didn't want change. Yeah. And made it convenient for people that do. Exactly. So yeah, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see to see what, what happens. I mean, we're getting now around around the period where we're, you know, the time we're recording this fast nines in theaters now, finally. And that was the first movie to delay its release mm. and it's doing well. It's doing really well. Well, um, and black widow just opened, which is black, doing widow, better. black widow just <laughs> opened as well. And that, but that was a simultaneous theater and Disney plus release. And it's also doing, doing very, very well. Right. So that's an interesting point. So it's uh fast nine was strictly theater release mm. and black widow was simultaneous Theater release plus the Disney premium we mentioned where you can buy, pay extra to your service to watch it, to unlock it, to watch it. And and it still beat Fast 9 mm-hmm. in the box office opening weekend. Right. Even as a simultaneous release versus a, a the- theatrical only release. So I think that's interesting. So people, you know, could have just stayed at home, which right. many, many people did yeah. And, yeah. and stayed at home and watched this movie. And you, you still had people that enough people went out into the theater to beat a theater or uh, theater release exclusive movie. Right. And and like our, like we do a lot of, you know, everybody does. They do a lot of cheerleading. You look at the box office numbers, like what was the number one movie this weekend? And did it beat this other movie in its first opening weekend? And that's going to start to change too, like it has for TV. Mm-hmm. where we're not going to know those numbers like yeah. coming up. Cause we mm-hmm. know how much we know the estimate, we know the industry estimate of what Bla- black widow did in theaters. We have no clue how much it made on Disney plus and Disney mm-hmm. plus will never tell us how much it made. Right. They'll just say it did great. And in, I'm sure yeah. it is doing great, but we'll never <laughs> yeah. know beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like all the Netflix shows. Yeah. We have no idea how many people are watching Netflix shows. Yeah. I, re- I remember hearing, um, as a sidebar, like like when Netflix was doing a lot of like comedian specials and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I remember hearing a lot of comedians talk about it. We're like, they they won't tell us like nope. how many people are viewing our special. Like we ask nope. them, and they're like, they're like, it's doing great. You <laughs> know, don't want like, that metric it's doing out. great. Keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think that is going to be a, a a new a new thing to come about from it as well. And and yeah, I mean, and it doesn't surprise me that Black Widow is outperforming fast nine a little bit i have nothing against the fast and furious movies that you know i've, I've seen all of them you right. know my, my my wife and my sister-in-law love them you know but i think the marvel movies have have a uh this is gonna sound like i'm really throwing shade at fast nine and i'm not but Mar- the marvel movies have like a substantive aspect to it we're like <laughs> we're, we're excited about the story building up and where's right. you know and like where are the new characters coming in and where's the story gonna go and what are they setting up and everything and Fast Nine, even though we're talking about a movie that's ne- a series that's now in its ninth installment and has had spinoffs, right? And has had spinoffs and is doing very, very well. I've never, ever in my life overheard people talk about the story <laughs> for any of the Fast and Furious movies. It's always been effects. It's been right. It's been stunts. It's been it's been family. Right. They, don't, right. they don't theorize about when Dom is going to talk about family next right, in the right. next movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When are they going to fight Thanos? I mean, it's yeah. not like that. 
No, I mean, I think it's funny because I, I had a, you know, I had, I've had people that are, I, I've, I've got some friends that are very much in the camp of like, oh my God, like Fast, you know, Fast 9 was like their big deal. You know, the, the next Fast and Furious movie is a big deal for them. And that's great. Good for you. I mean, that's 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 your bag. That's your thing. But I also know people who, th- who look at like like Marvel Avengers movies and say those are like more like what we had growing up with like Star Wars movies, right? Those mm-hmm. are the big things we look forward to. They're big event movies. You know, they're big blockbusters. I guess you could say, even though people don't really have to wait in line all that much right. anymore. But I, I think with Marvel is, you know, I think we're just, you know, I think it's a unique time to be. Not even like a superhero mar- like movie fan. I just think a fan in general because as the, the, we have with Disney Plus feeding into these movies and the movies in the universe itself going along, we just don't really – there's nothing to really compare it to, I don't think. Right. From the standpoint of like, you know – because I think I always – one thing I think that's interesting about Marvel, especially now that when they first got started was, you know, people are starting to get the point of like, well, can I skip this one? <laughs> do, I, do I need to see this one? Right. Is it important? You know, and I saw, I, I've seen that kind of thing, like with some of the, the Disney Plus shows. Well, do I need to see that? Like, what do I need to see before this? What do I need to see after it? That right. kind of thing. Yeah, I think that was, uh, uh, again, not not throwing shade at Star Wars, but it's going to sound like I am. Like, that that was the, the thing that got, as a fan, a little cumbersome with Star mm-hmm. Wars, is, is always having the conversation of this takes place between this and this. And where is yeah. this? Right. And always having to to figure out like where it fell in in this timeline. And that did, wasn't a thing with Marvel for, for the longest time. We're like, it just like everyone that you saw was was like, the, you know, the next one, the next one, the next one. Right. And now you're getting into point where like, you know, Black Widow is after Civil War and right. or, 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 you know, between between these two movies and stuff like that. And, and yeah, I, I do wonder. There can there's a point where I think it can be a lot for fans mm. to start to, to do all the homework themselves. Right. You know, but uh I'm I'm not there. I'm no, in, no, I'm not either. I'm in I'm in for everything Marvel. I want more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want more of it. Yeah, the funny thing about the Star Wars one though is like so Star Wars, you know, big hit, inspired a Japanese anime series that's that's famous and long running ever since, which is the Gundam series. Mm-hmm. And then the Gundam series in Japan, you know, starts with a series about this this war, this fictional intergalactic war, solar system war. And and then they just started cranking out series, but they started doing series that would take place in different times. And they would put the like the year in the title often. So it would be like like UC0081. So you'd know like what year in the war this was taking place. And they wouldn't put them out in order. Some would take place before others. And and then Star Wars started doing that themselves. So I thought it was right. funny that like <laughs> Star Wars kind of became the thing that was inspired by Star Wars in a way right. <laughs> of like, we'll tell this story that takes place between these years of the war and, and everyone will go along with it because that was a Gundam thing first. So. All right. So any any final st- final thoughts before we start closing out? Anybody have a memory they're chomping to, to say about when they saw <laughs> Tremors or something? <laughs> <laughs> that was probably one I didn't see until video, honestly. Okay. No, I know me too. I saw it on Fox. It's on the theater. <laughs> that's 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 like for our, our episode of cult classics, things that bombed and then still became hits. We can do an episode on that another yep. time. Yeah. That was a midnight showing. That was a oh we gotta check the print, make sure the print's okay. Let's go get nachos <laughs> right. and come back and watch <laughs> Tremors. Okay. So our, our favorite cult movies will be a topic. That's sometime. a good idea. We should do that. <laughs> now, other than, I, I mean, the only thing is, I've been, I've told this story a couple times of of being, you know, being on restriction or being 
grounded and not being able to see Blockbuster. Mm. Oh, that, that, that was your punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how your parents hit you where it hurts. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get to see, um, yeah, I didn't get to see search for Spock. Right. right. <laughs> in the theater because, because I, I don't, again, no idea what the transgression was. And I didn't get to see, um, <laughs> Temple of Doom. But I do uh, think Temple of Doom was more tied to the idea that it was PG-13. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't allowed to see it for well, a long time either. They were doing you a favor on that one. Uh, anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, that, those were, that, that was a punishment like for a couple of years. That was mm-hmm. a big punishment. I was allowed to see movies that I knew, my parents knew that I was dying to see. So, But again, I can't recall what I did to get in trouble. Right. That is clever, though. Just that the punishment hurts. Frankie, oh, yeah, you know it, what you yeah. did. No yeah. Karate Kid Part Two for you. Yeah. It hit me where I lived, so it worked. I mean, it was you know, it only, it only whatever it was, it only lasted twice, two summers, and then I was like, all right, I think I would be good. You learned your lesson. Yeah, scared straight. So, <laughs> all right. So, okay. So we're gonna start calling it. But to close out, what we're gonna do is we're gonna look ahead to some of the movies that are coming out over the next uh the rest of this year maybe into next year we're gonna say which ones we think have like blockbuster potential but first if you like the show you can check out all of our episodes on youtube at let me know how it is.com just please however you find us don't forget to like subscribe and leave us a review and finally if you have any ideas for a topic on the show send them our way on twitter or in the comments our twitter handle is our show's initials l-m-k-h-i-i all right all right so which movies for the back half of 2021 and into 2022, do we think have blockbuster potential? Oh, can I go? Yeah. And you can do so, more than one, whatever you got. Like, oh, well, just, no. leave, just leave some for the rest of us. Oh, no, I was going to say, <laughs> wow. I was, I was just going to say one. I was going to say Suicide Squad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's got blockbuster in all oh, over. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, I think Suicide Squad gonna, is going to be end up being like such an important movie for the DC yeah. like slate of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's rated R, right? Yeah. I believe yeah. so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's another interesting thing is there used to be a, like a, a cap on how well a rated R movie would do. Like right. we were talking about before there weren't, there weren't that many that broke out until passion of the Christ, then Deadpool, then Joker. But now like that cap seems to have slid up and up and up and up and not really be a cap anymore on, on how right. well a movie can do. But that's interesting, too, is the idea that the R-rated movie was a thing that was a staple for a while. And then more and more, you know, whether it was editing or just not making movies that were aimed to be an R-rated thing mm-hmm. <laughs> became less and less. Mm-hmm. Because I think, again, the shifting to, you know, PG-13, just, you know, sort of like the idea, like, it's, we could skirt some of the stuff that would be in an R-rated movie, but not quite go that far. Right. Like, if it, if it just takes cutting out, like, a word or two, then yeah. they'll do it to yeah. get PG-13. It also it also meant that yeah that if your movie was PG thirteen you would make, you know, more money because all the thirteen year olds were going to see. Sure, it. Well, like I yeah, remember I mean, that that was very much a conversation for for Live Free and Die Hard. Mm-hmm, right. I remember where you know Die Hard one two and three are all you know solid rated R movies and then right. and then the fourth one comes out years and years and years after the fact, and it's a PG thirteen movie and everyone's like huh yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but I remember. I remember. The, I remember reading an article somewhere in like some magazine talking about. I, mean, I can't remember where it was, but talking about the idea that yeah, that the there was a conscious choice to get sort of a, a rating in between the two because there was a lot of quote unquote babysitting money that was out there that wasn't going to be put towards an R rated right. movie because they couldn't see it. Right. Yeah. There was also a lot of money too at that time. I think I don't. This is I don't. I didn't read this anywhere, but I'm just I'm just assuming there was a lot of money at the time in like unrated cuts. 
of movies mm-hmm. on DVD at the time sure. too. So I don't know if that was also a factor, at, sure. you know, for that. But um, but yeah, Tommy, I'm with you. Suicide Squad, uh, and I can't wait for it. I cannot yeah. wait for this movie. Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a really big movie. Yeah. I thought about like maybe like like do we do we want to like make make this into a bet between all of us like who's right like who picks the, but yeah I couldn't I couldn't uh, think of stakes right for it. yeah I mean it's it's still hard to say because we don't know for sure what the box office conditions are going to be for the yeah. rest of this year uh, we know like you said stuff's opening up at the time of this recording and stuff's getting stronger each weekend mm-hmm. at the time of this recording. We get four Marvel movies this year. Mm. Yeah. Um, one we've gotten already in addition to the, to the three Marvel shows we've mostly already gotten so far this year. And then of the Marvel movies that are left, two of them are kind of untested. So I don't, yes. I don't expect them to be the huge blockbusters. Like, like black Panther was out of the gate. We had been mm. introduced to him. And then that was just a movie that, you know, hit right when it needed to hit, I think. Right. And of the ones left, like we got Shang-Chi, we got Eternals. I think they're going to do well. I think they're going to do solid. Like, like some of the other Marvel stuff they've done, even when people haven't been too familiar with characters like, like guardians and Ant-Man, Ant-Man ended up doing pretty well, especially overseas. Uh, the first one. Uh, but I think, yeah, the Spider-Man, I think Spider-Man has the, of the Marvel stuff has the chance to do the biggest box office, which comes out in December, Spider-Man, yeah. no way home. December seventeenth. Yeah. That was my choice too. I thought from just from the fact that it's, you know. However, you know, we have not at this point as, re- as recorded this, we've not seen the last episode of Loki. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil it because everyone hasn't seen everything yet. But I'm right. just saying, the way, depending on how that ends and all the rumors about No Way Home, New Way mm-hmm. Home could be really a really big, big movie for this. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. But um, that's my choice. I, I think that's the one that's going to be yeah. of the Marvel slate that's left. I would say that's probably the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I agree. I think Spider-Man's going to be a big deal. The, the the trouble with, you know, we've all been home for so long is is Black Panther. I got a sense of how big it was going to be before yeah. it came out, just from, you know, wh- when when there's like people that I didn't think associated with sort of like the big budget, like action movie. Right. And I'm talking like I'm hearing 60 year old women. <laughs> talk about like how excited they are for black panther i was like right. this movie's gonna be huge yeah. sure. right and and that's the thing about shang chi that's making me curious i'm curious about like how how big is the buzz for it really that that, yeah. that we're just not like if we were out walking around and talking to people at work and stuff like that like would would the would the buzz be like palpably bigger right than than it is um i think shang chi can can surprise a lot of us mm. um, yeah it looks good. The one I'm hoping for um, is uh, is the new Bond movie. Right. No Time to Die. That's the one I'm really hoping for. I think that that has some, uh, some things lining up here that may cause it to be kind of a big movie. One, it's that, you know, Daniel Craig's final outing and, mm-hmm. you know, and he's he's been he's been, I think, a fan favorite Bond among among most of the viewers. And I think people are going to just be interesting to see what his what his last outing is going to be. Um, you know, Rami Malek is an actor that's certainly gaining steam and, and having a reputation of, of like, I just want to see him in something, right? right? Like he's, he's developing as one of those actors. He's and good. so to see him as the bad guy, I think is going to be cool. Um, it also has Anna de Armas 
who yep. teamed up with Daniel Craig in Knives Out, which was fantastic. Yeah. And I'm always excited to see her. Exactly. And it just looks beautifully shot. Like, you know, it and 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 it looks like it's playing around. I mean, I I want to do an ep- a Bond episode so bad to get into the stuff more, but like, you know, Bond has a formula. And yes. and you know, and we love it for that. But this one looks like it's kind of it's it's playing it, it's stretching the boundaries a little bit of what the formula is, at least from the trailers. And so I think that this one can be kind of seismic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, this is also one of the ones that I mean, this movie's been delayed like three times. So what is its current date? It's out in October. I don't know what the, the actual date is, but, you know, we're still a couple of months out. OK. Um, and my hope is that. My hope is that they don't just rush through it because I think everybody's also a little excited about like, who's going to be the next bond after him, mm. you know? Okay. It's, uh, October 8th. I see October 8th okay. directed by Carrie Joji Fukunaga. Who's good. Yeah. He's, um, true detective. Yes. Mm. I, 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 I wanted to bring it up, but I was too afraid to try and pronounce his name. Cause I knew I was going <laughs> to screw it up. Um, but he's another one. I, th- I think he's another factor that could lend itself to this being, you know, one, one of the better ones. I think so. Hopefully it does well. I know I'm seeing it. So anything else that, that out there that, that we think about? Uh, we'll see if Dune actually succeeds this time. <laughs> okay. It's first attempt in the theaters was not too successful. So we'll see if a possibly unfilmable movie was filmable this time. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll find out in October, October 22nd. Well, I mean, it certainly checks one of the boxes already, <laughs> right? I mean, they're spending money on this movie. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a spectacle movie for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it does. It's going to be interesting. So, okay. Listeners chat us up on Twitter or in the comments and let us know what you think is going to be an unexpected blockbuster. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on let me know how it is.com. Please remember to like us and follow us on social media and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.